You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. The Daily Music Business Podcast. Oh, amazing Daily Music Business Podcast listeners. I'm your host for today, Monica Strutt. And a couple of episodes ago, I promised you that I would do an episode introducing myself. We've been around for almost a year now. We started the Daily Music Business Podcast in May of 2020. It was kind of a passion project for the team and I as the pandemic was underway. And we thought, why not use the downtime to start this collective and to share our knowledge with you on this platform? Since then, we have signed to the Sound Talent Media Network. We've had some fresh faces come into the mix or rather fresh voices So if you haven't checked out the new episodes from some of our new creators, including Indie Ninja's Attack Unsolicited Opinion Metal Podcast and Matt Bacon and Tank Crimes' new podcast, well, Scotty from Tank Crimes' new podcast, Noise Direction, then make sure you check out those episodes. And as per usual, myself, Monica Strutt and uh, Katie Zaccardi are here to uh, share with you our knowledge all about marketing, branding, and mindset. So in this episode, I wanted to just give you a little bit of a lowdown on who I am and what's led me to this point. I'm going to keep it pretty short, sharp, and snappy and give you you know, a summary. But before we dive in, make sure you're following me on socials. I'm Monica Strutt everywhere. And come and join my email list at monicastrutt.com slash Spotify. And as a thank you, I'll send you my free Spotify playlist cheat sheet, which will teach you how to get on Spotify editorial playlists, how to boost your plays without any weird scammy like Facebook ads, mostly organic traffic, and also how to um, get on those algorithmic playlists because they are so powerful. We talk about pre-save campaigns and yeah, it's just full of goodness. I even take you through the back end of my own band Spotify for artists account as we uh, submit to a Spotify editorial playlist. So you can actually see exactly what we wrote when we were going through that submission process. As always, do subscribe to the Daily Music Business Podcast. And if you like this podcast, especially if you're in a heavier alternative band, then you'll definitely love my podcast. My podcast is called Being in a Band. So I've been a musician pretty much my entire life. I did the stock standard thing of playing in the school band. I played clarinet and I took piano lessons from a very young age as well, probably since I was seven. And I was always involved in the performing arts. And in fact, I wanted to be an actress. So I was always doing drama. I was always in productions and doing performances. I did a little bit of dancing, but like just between you and me, uh, probably not that coordinated. So I, I thought I was going to be an actress, but you know, needless to say, I knew I wanted to be in the entertainment industry. But despite the fact that I never had a singing lesson, I actually began writing lyrics when I was really, really young. I think I was about 12 years old and I mainly used 
lyric writing as a way for me to cope with whatever I was going on with at the time. So when I was really young, my parents got divorced and it was a really, really messy divorce that went on and on for many years. And music and writing lyrics as a way to process those emotions uh, was really, really helpful for me. And I also have been an avid avid, avid. And I also have been an avid journaler since I was about 12 years old. And in fact, I've still got every single one of my journals stashed away uh, since I was a 12 year old girl. And I think that I will cringe one day reading back um, all of those entries. But I guess writing was just something that I really, really enjoyed. And so given the fact that I love performing, given the fact that I was writing lyrics and songs, uh, the only missing piece was really singing. So I actually didn't do a singing lesson until high school when I didn't get into the school's production because I couldn't sing. It was a musical. So even though I was experienced at acting, I'd done some, uh, a bit of commercial work. I was at extras in movies, that sort of thing. Um, I wasn't allowed in the school's production because I basically couldn't sing, or maybe there were just people that, uh, had a better singing voice than the untrained me. So I started seeing lessons because I chose that high school or rather my parents chose that high school because of its performing arts curriculum. So being in the school's production, which was, a very, very professional kind of level production um, was definitely one of my goals. I started seeing lessons at that point. I was still listening to a lot of pop music. I wasn't into uh, bands or anything like that, but my brother was very much into Linkin Park. And I started also getting into Evanescence as well. So Linkin Park and Evanescence were definitely kind of my gateway acts to the heavy music scene. But my life really changed when a friend introduced me to Guns N' Roses. I had not heard anything like Guns N' Roses when you know, I first was presented with, I I believe it was one of their usual illusion live DVDs. And my friend invited me over and we were watching this live DVD. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, Slash and Duff and Axel, they were all running around the stage like madmen and they looked cool and their music was badass. And from that moment, I was absolutely hooked on rock and roll. So I pivoted what I wanted to do in my life from acting to music. And my friend and I actually started our very first band. I had been in a band actually writing before that with a couple of girlfriends. Um, So I was doing original music prior to uh, discovering Guns N' Roses and, you know, Motley Crue and Alice Cooper and uh, ACDC and all the great rock bands, um, rock stars of the 80s. By the way, like that was totally before my time. I, in fact, for ages, I was really annoyed because I, I definitely thought I was born in the wrong generation. I should have been born in my parents' generation. Um, but I, yeah, so I had been writing in an original band, but, um, I would say that when I started the rock band, um, with this friend that introduced me to Guns N' Roses, we were called the Vinyl Dolls. Uh, that's the first band that I started taking really seriously. So there weren't really very many places to play growing up. I grew up in the Sutherland Shire in Sydney, which is kind of like the Bible Belt of Sydney. Um, the only places to play were really the youth groups, and they didn't really take too kindly to our style of music. In fact, we did get kicked off stage, I recall, one time. But it was interesting because... 
given the fact that uh, it was a little bit of a Bible belt and MySpace was just starting to be one of the biggest, well, you know, the, the first um, big social media platform and one that was breaking a lot of artists, of course, emo was in. So there were a lot of like Christian emo bands um, that were coming up in the scene. And um, there was also a lot of, you know, screamo and emo and like hardcore bands playing around my area in like halls and um, there would be a lot of like underage concerts. So I was this weird blend of like a glam rocker mixed with like an emo kid. I absolutely idolized Nikki Six. Um, I dressed like the female version of Nikki Six. I remember going to parties and having Nikki Six's like war paint on. And, um, I also idolized, um, Chrissy Amphlett from Divinals. I just thought she just had such an amazing story. My dad actually gave her, uh, gave me, uh, her bio one Christmas when I was a teenager and, um, yeah, Chrissy Amphlett, Nikki Six, Axl Rose, like Slash, uh, they really became kind of like these, uh, I guess mentors and, I just dove so hard into learning every single thing that I could about uh, that those genres of music and the histories of those bands and the personal lives. And I read every rock star bio that came out, The Dirt, you name it. I stu- studied those cover to cover, read them multiple times, underlined, took notes. And that is how I started learning about the music industry. I have such a distinct memory of sitting on the couch again with that friend that introduced me to Guns N' Roses and we used to sit there with a pen and notepad and we would watch all these like uh unofficial unsolicited documentaries on like the 80s like Sunset Strip uh rock scene and uh we would learn about how these bands got big and we would take notes because of course we wanted our own band to be on that same trajectory And by the way, these days you would just Google that kind of stuff on the internet. But when I was a teenager, uh, we had a dial up uh, modem. So surfing the web uh, was just really impractical. We had to like totally disconnect the family phone. So DVDs and books were definitely a core source of information. We started saving uh, myself and the other girls that I was in a band with. We started saving to actually move to L.A. out of high school. And, um, we were working very meager jobs. I think we only managed to save a couple of hundred dollars between us in like a year or something like that. Um, but yeah, we had this grand plan. We didn't know how we were going to do it because, uh, you know, being, I guess like jailbait, um, you know, the legal age in, um, Australia is 18, but it's 21 in America. So I don't really know how moving to America and LA, uh, when we were 18 was going to work, but we basically were determined to like live in our cars, marry some like random dude with tattoos that would give us a green card. That was the plan. And that, you know, seemed like a good enough plan at the time. So high school ended and, you know, not so crazy enough to actually go ahead with the moving to LA. I think the band had broken up by this time. I decided to study music at music college and the next three years were the best years, you know, of my life, like some of the best years of my life. And I met so many people and I chose the particular course at JMC Academy in Sydney because it actually not only had um, the performance and and 
uh, musical theory elements, but it also had a lot of music business modules within that course. So I wanted to learn about copyright. I wanted to learn about marketing and, and the music business in general and audio production. And this course was very well-rounded. And even though I was in a couple of bands through the years that I was at university and uh, it was a really great time. I still hadn't found a band that was my soul's calling. I'd been dreaming of forming a band called Vanity Riots for the past few years. I'm very much into visualization and manifestation. So I was really visualizing this band and I was really inspired by a local unsigned LA band called Vexy Strut. And um, that's actually how I got my last name Strut um, when I was about 15 years old. And that was my MySpace name. And I've just kept it ever since. But uh, I was, yeah, I really liked the structure of Vexy Strut because their songs were really rock and roll. They were catchy. The vocalist who was calling herself Tuesday at the time had a very, very powerful, uh, captivating voice. And uh, she was just a really strong front woman. And it's so crazy because, as I said, this was an unsigned band from L.A. and I was all the way in Sydney, Australia, on the other side of the world. And that unsigned band had such a profound impact on my journey. And unfortunately, uh, and I'll reveal why in a moment, but unfortunately, um, that band will never know how much they changed my life. And I just wanted to pause my story here because I think that this is a really, really important uh, message because a lot of the time when we can be trying to move forward in our music career, it often feels like we're banging our heads against a glass ceiling. We're putting music out and no one's hearing it or we're not getting any feedback um, you know, back to us. And it often feels like we're just putting out our love, our art into the ether and getting nothing in return and wondering, you know, if this music thing is even for us, are we even able to make an impact? Is it ever going to happen? And we can really, really doubt the path that we're on. But, you know, as I just said, this unsigned band from LA had such a profound impact to the point that I changed my name, uh, you know, because I was so inspired by them, I think that that, and I still remember all their songs to this day, even though I haven't probably listened to them in like a decade. Um, but they had such a profound impact on me. So I just want you to remember this story anytime you're doubting the path that you're on, because you really truly do not know who is being moved by your music, whose lives you're impacting. And as I've learned since then, you really don't know who in the industry has their eyes on you right now. So actually the singer Tuesday from Vexy Strut, she actually ended up uh, becoming or going back to her birth name, which was Jill Janice and forming the band Huntress. So she ended up having a really, really successful music career after Vexy Strut. Unfortunately, uh, Jill Janice did pass away a few years ago, so I will never get to tell her the impact that she did have on me as a really young vocalist. And I know that she had such a significant positive impact on so many others as well. She was definitely really well respected in the music industry and loved by so many. One thing I didn't say is that I was actually a bass player and vocalist for most of the bands that I'd been in until this point. But I knew that I had a lot more to share and being hidden behind a bass wasn't really allowing me to do that. I wanted to be upfront, running around, and I wanted to be the front woman of a band. Eventually, after uni finished, I started working at the university and I met 
are the guitarists that I would start Vanity Riots with, Gali. So I was in Vanity Riots for six years and it was like all of my manifestations had come to fruition. This was the band that I was meant to be in. Myself and Gali had this really unique and special and kind of spiritual bond, I would say. It's like we knew what each other was thinking and we became really, really close friends. He uh, was Indonesian, so my family became his family away from home. And I felt, oh my God, finally, after all these years, um, you know, going through high school and university and not finding the band that I was meant to be in, I finally, finally found the project that I know is my ticket to achieving my goals. During that time, we went from completely unknown to headlining our own shows in our city, selling them out. We toured locally, we toured internationally, we did support slots and we started to get management and label interest and we had a distribution deal in Germany. We were getting a lot of print press from around the world. Uh, you know, there were a lot of points where it felt like we were going nowhere, but you know, when I decided to really study the industry, I realized that nothing that I learned in uni or very little, um, that I actually learned in music college was actually applicable to the modern music industry. So I dove into my own self-study and tried to study the ways that modern bands were getting big. And it worked. We grew our social media channels because social media was well and truly a thing by that point. And as I said, we went from being completely unknown to doing multiple national and international supports, tours, toured overseas and getting industry interest. And I have so many happy memories in that band. But after six years, Vanity Riots broke up. And to say that it was devastating was an absolute understatement. I had wrapped up so much of my own personal identity in this band that I really didn't know who I was anymore. It didn't help that at the time I was actually going through a breakup with the drummer of the band and I was really unhappy in my day job. I desperately, desperately wanted to be a full-time musician. I didn't want to work for anyone else and I had been in a soul-sucking job for many, many years um, trying to make my band big. Um, and it really, everything combined just uh, came to a head one day. So when the band broke up, I had to make a decision. Was I still going to keep going with my music career or was I going to give up altogether? Now, in my heart of hearts, I just couldn't bear the thought of giving up. I remember doing a meditation one day and this voice inside my head just said, no, keep going. It's not your time. You need to keep going. And it was so clear as day. And so that's what I did. I decided to pack up my car. I had this little like 1998 white RAV4, like a two door. And I drove by myself, the 10 hour drive to relocate to Melbourne, left all of my friends and family behind. And I basically started a new chapter in a new city. And Melbourne is kind of like the LA of Australia. It's where a lot of musicians from the different states go to pursue a music career, just because uh, the creative industries are much more supported here. And there's a lot more venues to play. And, uh, I, yeah, just kind of risked everything to move down. I moved in with like five other people in this like massive share house mansion on the West side of Melbourne. And I started looking for musicians pretty much right away to start a new project with. 
And at the same time, I also um, had been writing casually for a heavy music magazine. And I decided to take a position at that magazine as the social media manager, because I thought if I could just learn more about marketing, I mean, there was no way in hell I was going to waste another six years effectively getting a new band back to the start. I had to figure out a shortcut. So throwing myself into this new role of being a social media marketer for a music magazine, also becoming a senior journalist for the magazine, which would allow me to network and be backstage at festivals and really, really uh, expand my knowledge again in terms of the way the modern music industry actually worked. I knew that when it came time to start a new project, I would end up having a massive, massive advantage and hopefully cut down the time a little bit that it would take to get a new band up to the same point that my old band was at. But when I moved to Melbourne, what I didn't anticipate is the burnout. I was so burned out from working full time in a job that was absolutely killing me. I had really, really bad anxiety and panic attacks every single week, sometimes multiple days in a row. And I'd also been working so, so hard in my band and was carrying the majority of the workload. I mean, the other band members, um, some more than others, were savvy when it came to the business end of things. But still, I was really the driving force of that particular project. And I put a lot of pressure on myself. Most of it was honestly self-inflicted. And at times I probably wasn't the best person to work with because I was utterly desperate to succeed and it was starting to make me a little bit jaded. So by the time I relocated to Melbourne and sort of had this fresh start, I took a job that was only three days a week so that it would allow me time to also work for the music magazine, um, doing social media and also the journalism but also it would it would allow me a little bit of breathing room just to live, just to create and uh, to, you know, live a quote unquote normal life where I wasn't going to rehearsal two nights a week and gigging and uh, trying to balance, you know, too many things. I just kind of enjoyed my life for a while. I was getting into a new relationship. I was in a new city and it was a really fun, exciting time. Honestly, I couldn't even bear the thought of getting into a new band. I just did not have, I just wasn't ready after all that I'd already been through. But eventually I did feel ready to get into a band and it took about nine months or so after moving to Melbourne for me to find my current band, The Last Martyr. But right before I found uh, The Last Martyr, I remember uh, having a bit of a breakdown one day to my partner because by this point I was over the burnout and it felt like a core component of my life was missing. You have to remember that I'd been playing in bands at this point since I was 13 years old. And so not having rehearsals every week and not collaborating with bandmates and having that, I guess, creative outlet, even though working for the magazine had become definitely a creative outlet for me, not having that, it made me really sad. I was so frustrated that I hadn't found the right people to form a band with. And I thought, oh my God, is this ever going to happen to me? I was watching a lot of my peers have success in their projects and I just felt like I was kind of being left behind. And again, it left me thinking about whether this path was actually right for me. I had this burning, burning desire to be a musician and a touring musician. And I had dreams about touring, you know, the US and Europe and Asia and 
uh, living this freedom lifestyle, but where was my band? If this was my path, where were my people? And after that breakdown, it only took a week or something for me to actually end up connecting with my current guitarist, uh, Ben Rogers, who, um, you know, we've been playing together ever since in my band, The Last Martyr. And that timing is just way too spooky. And what I've come to learn is that anytime you have a really big goal, I feel like the universe always tests us right before the goal is about to happen. So either we'll experience a major setback, we'll feel like it's never going to happen, we'll get tempted maybe with a different pathway, and it's kind of like the universe's way of really asking us, is this a thing that you really want? How badly do you want it? Now, there's probably a lot of spiritual people that um, don't agree with that, but I don't know, like so many times in my life, a very similar situation has happened. And I always feel like in the moment that you feel like it isn't going to happen, keep at it because you're probably just about to achieve the thing that you've always wanted. So my band, The Last Smarter, we launched in mid 2018 and we have one EP out and we are about to do a full on rebrand relaunch in 2021 and the music is heavy it's catchy it's definitely got some core elements um you know it's mostly melodic but I do scream as well so if you like bands like Spirit Box but you also like Bring Me the Horizon then you will probably like my band The Last Martyr it's really cool because the thing about me is I'm like you guys I have been lucky enough to have a seven-year background in music media and by this point, a five-year background in digital marketing. And I also have experienced uh, with my old band, Vanity Riots, growing that from being unknown to getting to that next tier of industry recognition. But I have started a new project recently. I'm still uh, growing and learning. And if you follow me on socials, a lot of what I post is the documentation process. It's me documenting, you know, currently it's documenting the rebrand, how I've planned out our content basically for the next year um, and done so really, really easily. In fact, I teach a formula uh, in my being in a band membership, um, which is my monthly membership of how to plan out your releases six to 12 months in advance and plan out all your social media. And it is so easy. Like honestly, once you know what you're releasing, all of your social media just revolves around that. And uh, if you're, if you ever get stressed about what to post on socials, you need to get into this membership. I'm telling you. So all of this knowledge and experience um, has led to me starting my consulting business. I have online courses. I've got the membership I was just talking about. I wrote a book called Social Media Shred Arts, available on Amazon. And I also have my own podcast, Being in a Band, now part of the Daily Music Business podcast. And my goal is really to upskill musicians and empower them so that they can really treat their band and their music career like a business. And I'm all for working with people like managers and labels and booking agents. But I definitely think that a lot of bands and musicians work with those sorts of um you know, they, they bring those sorts of people onto their team a little bit earlier in their career than what they actually need to. And you're not making a lot of money when you are starting out. So if you can find a way to keep some of those profits and also make sure that when you're bringing someone onto your team, um, they are actually legit and aren't going to screw you over because you're savvy and you're only bringing on people that can actually move you forward. 
uh, that is really the ideal scenario. So even though not everyone wants to be signed to a label and some uh, musicians that I work with do want to remain self-managed, um, whatever your pathway looks like for you, I just want to make sure that you come at your music career with the approach of making it sustainable, setting up multiple income streams and really understanding how the modern music industry works. Because as you would have just heard in my story, my music degree didn't teach me anything about how the music industry actually worked and the industry is changing so quickly. And the bands that I've worked with now, I'm proud to say I've helped many, many bands get on editorial playlists. Some of the bands that I've worked with have gone on to sign with management, the biggest booking agency in the country, and even sign record deals and overall just achieved that goal that I set out to achieve when I started my business a few years ago of helping musicians being empowered and feeling a lot more confident when it comes to getting their releases out there and building a fan base. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode and learning a little bit more about me and hearing about my story. It did end up a little bit longer than planned. So I hope that you don't mind. And I would love to get to know you as well. So come and send me a DM over on Instagram. I'm Monica Strutt. I would love to know if you found me through the Daily Music Business Podcast and I would love to get to know you. And if you aren't already subscribed, please do. And I'll speak to you next week. Bye. Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It is now 2024. And the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts? Thank you. <laughs>